0: Hello and welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a big hand clap to those that are watching us on podcast, vidcast, comcast, downcast, upcast, whatever cast you're on today. And uh, you know, I'm going to tell you this about our daily Bible show that me and my brother do Monday through Friday. It's on YouTube. It's called Wake Up. It's the number one da- daily Bible study. If you type in daily Bible study, we come on up. It's about 10 minutes, and uh, we encourage you, build you up, get a scripture every day, and pray over your day. Amen? Amen. So uh, I'm going through the bills, and uh, I-, I find one for Lululemon. The dress is on Lululemon, Lemon, uh, so... I go to Holly, I'm like, what, what are we doing here? You know, we're on a budget, and so, and she's like, I know, I know. She's like, but I, I just, tr- I tried on this dress, and there was a voice that just kept telling me, it looks so good, it looks so hot, it looks amazing, you should get this dress. And I'm like, well, you know that voice is the devil, don't you? She goes, I know, I know, it's the devil. I said, well, you know that that when the devil's talking, you say, get behind me, Satan. And she goes, I know, I did that. I said, get behind me, Satan. And then all he could do is tell me how good it looked from the back. (laughs) Come on, who's ready for the word today? Somebody in this house? We're loud, we shout, open up your Bibles to Matthew 12, 35. We're in the series called In the Bag. Where's my big bag? Did we lose my big bag? There's no big bang. All right. And uh, we are in the bag. And, you know, it was talking out of Jesus uh, in Matthew 12:35 when he said, what's in you comes out of you. Whatever you put in is going to come out. If I put God's goodness and God's attitude and God's blessings and good thoughts in, then it's what comes out of me. But if I put negative in and I put condemnation in, I put shame, I put all the junk in, then the junk's going to come out. And so we got to learn how to put the right stuff in so that we can get the right things out. And it's really all about experience. You know, when and we're using the gift bags as kind of an example, wherever I go, I give a Scotty gift bag to people that God brings across my path, whether it's my wife, my kids, uh, worker, it doesn't matter, wherever I go, Here's something from me. And I give this. You and I, we go throughout our day. And what you put in this is what's going to come out of you in all the different relationships. And we want to make sure that what we give is epic and amazing. Which means I have control over the experience or how people experience me. If I change what I give, then I change our experience. And as I change how you experience me, then I change how I experience the world. I was watching a movie this weekend and Lou Gossett Jr. in a preview had, had just an epic quote. It was just like a few seconds. I was like, oh, I got to use that. He says, you know, in life, you can't change but one thing in life. He says, the only you can't change life, but you can change how you experience life. You and I can change how we experience life, or even better than that, is we can change how people experience me, how people experience my life. So life has a different experience with me. And so you and I have the opportunity to give people God's best in every circumstance. In the bag, whatever I put in comes out. I can't put a jam of the month into a gift bag, and then when they open it up, be upset because out didn't come an Apple AirPod $200 set there. Because what I put in is when I'm gonna get out. And what you're getting out at the job and what you're getting out maybe with your parents and what you're getting out of the different circumstances in life can usually be traced back to, if not always traced back to the things that you put inside. Teenagers, oftentimes in the home, all of a sudden things get volatile with the parents right? And why is it you get around and it's fighting and it's arguing and why? Because throughout the day, you're walking through the day and you're like, you know, they won't get off my back and they're always on my case and I'm I'm grown up. I know what I'm doing and why do they have to just be on me all the time and everything, right? And this is what you're putting off. And so what are you going to get when you get around them? Because you can't hide what you put on the inside. It's always going to come out. But what if you did something different? What if you were a little different and you said, you know what? I'm going to give this uh, little pastor guy a a little bit of my time, and I'm going to try putting something different on the inside of me. And so throughout the day, you just begin to go, you know, my parents do love me. I mean, I get it. They're not perfect, but they do love me. And they try their best. And they seem to give all the time. I mean, all the clothes that they buy me, they drive me around. And, you know, they want the best for my life. And as I begin to put this in, now when I come home from school or wherever I'm at, and there's mom... All of a sudden, rather than a fight or an argument, I'm like, hey, mom, how are you doing? How's the best mom in the world doing? Come on over here and give me a hug. Get on in here for a hug. Now, mom's probably going to have you drug tested, but (laughs) you changed the home experience. You didn't change mom. You change what you put on the inside, which changed how you guys experience life. But parents on the same way, you know, when their babies were like, oh, they're so cute. Oh, my God, look at the little, they're so good, right? And then all of a sudden they become teenagers and we begin to go, you know, they're just rebellious. Don't listen to what I do. Everything I say is going to be where I do everything around this house. They never help out. And you're putting this in and then you wonder why when they get in your presence, this is what comes out. Because what I put in comes out. So then I changed. I say, you know what, you know, I, I'm excited about to see what God's going to do in their life. I'm excited that, that they're doing better, they're getting inspired, you know what, God's going to move in their life. And you begin to put in the great things throughout the day about them. And all of a sudden when they come around, it's a different experience. And you want to have the trash taken out before when you put the junk in. You're like, you know, I can one time you remember to take the trash out. Can you help out around the house one time? And we wonder why the pushback. But now that I put the right things in, hey, honey, when you get some time, you mind, it would just mean the world to me if you'd take the trash out. Just help me out a whole bunch. And they're like, sure, mom. You're like, sure, there you go. And all of a sudden, I changed the home experience by simply changing what was on the inside. Whatever you put in is going to come out. Cape Cod, a couple years ago, go, we, my wife likes to go do all the little knick-knack stores and and stuff, and so we always get one day, we're going to go downtown, and we're going to go to the the different stores, and you know, they got the hat store, and the sweatshirt store, and you know, the the keychains and souvenirs store, but there's always that one store that says, we're going to do it all. We're going to take 5,000 square feet of product and put it in 1,000 square feet space, and we got everything in there. And so we go into this store, and they do. They have everything that you can imagine in this little bitty store. But they have little aisles. You're walking down these little aisles wherever you're going to get anything. I'm walking around just kind of checking stuff out. And then I look across, and way across is my family. And one of the kids are kind of motioning. They they kind of need me over there. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to make my way over there. And the problem I had was in front of me was a, an older woman she was probably in her in her early 70s and she was she was a big old girl she was she's a, 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 and so she's walking really slow because she's really enjoying all of the super cool stuff in the store and so i'm trying to navigate getting you know get around her without having to buy her dinner that's all i'm trying to do i just <laughs> And all of a sudden she, she stops at the keychains and she's just, I don't know if she's never seen keychains before because they have her full attention and she's looking at the keychains and I'm just standing there and I'm trying to see if there's a little Scotty space, I don't need a whole lot of space, there's a little space there and because she's kind of rocking while she's, she's looking I'm like, you know if I time this just right, just like a jump rope, I think I can, I think I can get on through there, right? And so I'm waiting for my moment and all of a sudden there's my moment. I get up against the wall and I'm going like this. And as I got halfway, all of a sudden she took a big step backwards. You know in those action movies... When the hero's, you know, trying to get away and the door is closing slowly. It doesn't look like the hero is going to make it. And they dive and do a super cool roll. Hat falls off. And at the last moment, he grabs the hat. The door comes down and the hero makes it. That's exactly what happened, except for I didn't make it. The only difference is... <laughs> at the last moment I thought I was there, she got and wedged my hand up against the wall with her backside. I don't want to be too graphic, I'm just going to let you know, my hand was not at the mountaintops, it was in the valley. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I can be honest with you all, I'm not prepared for this. There's nothing in my life that had ever prepared me for this moment. I had no answers, I had no clue, I, had no, I didn't know what in the world... Would, what in the world do you do? It's not like I can't yank it out of there. I can't say, excuse me, ma'am. I can feel your heartbeat. I can't do either one of those. But the, my biggest question, and maybe someone will tell me, is: Is there an age when you lose the feeling in your backside? What age is that? When you sit down one your day, you're like, I don't feel that anymore, right? Uh, I got somebody's hand up against a wall, and I feel nothing. And so I'm just sitting there. I'm just praying. I'm like, God, just take me now. I've lived a good life. I want to come home to see Jesus. This is the way that I want to go. I don't know if it was minutes or hours. I blacked in and out of consciousness many times. But all of a sudden, she finally took a step forward and let my people go. My hand was free. And as I was walking away and walking over to my, my wife and kids, I, I thought to I I myself, she has no clue that any of that whatsoever happened whatsoever. She won't know till later that night when she finds my watch and my ring. <laughs> <laughs> what goes in, come on, goes out. Ms. Uh, Rion, will you mind coming up for me? I'm going to do a quick example. Of my awesome girl, Rion, come up. So, come on, give a hand clap. All right. So I'm going to give you this bag. Now, that's pretty light, right? You could run. You could probably catch up to me, right? You could chase me it's pretty. It's pretty light, right? That's not a big deal. So now. Here's another bag, and tell me what the difference is with that one. It's a little heavy, right? It'd be harder, probably. I could outrun you in a mile if you had to carry that bag, probably, because it's pretty heavy, right? And give it a good drop. Just drop it. Boom! You can give a big hand clap for Rihanna as she goes back down. Amen. Today I want to talk about. Um, many of us have a season or are in a season. Or well, have many seasons where there's a heaviness about our life. Where it's just, you don't know what it is, but you get up in the morning and it's just heavy. And everything seems like it's 10 times harder than it needs to be. And success is there, but you just can't seem to catch up to it. You seem to run out of steam, you seem to run out of energy. And I want you to remember that Jesus says that your bag should be light, that I should take on your yoke, you take and give it all to me, that's God's plan, is for there not to be a heaviness. But you go to a job that you used to be excited for, and now it's just, oh my gosh, you think, you're like, oh, I've been here, what, seven hours? And You look up the clock, it's been 12 minutes. You're like, oh my God, the day goes by so slow. And the relationship that used to be exciting and new and, and fun, now it's just heavy, and it's just so much, everything seems to be so much work. And the problem is, is that we have the wrong stuff inside of us, things we were never designed to hold on to. And those things are holding us back from God's best in our life. And so how do we remove them? I'm going to give you three today. Uh, I'm going to go quickly through the first two and then we're really going to settle in on the third one. But number one, write down Unforgiveness. I've done a sermon probably three or four months ago on unforgiveness. You could podcast that. You could get a Joyce Myers. But but needless to say, unforgiveness is always going to weigh you down. It's always going to make life harder than it is. And so what you got to do is rather than keep putting in the the hurt and the pain and the negative and all the bad stuff that happened, you got to find a way to only allow the good thoughts and the the good things and wishing the best. And you got to reorganize what you allow to get on the inside so that you don't have that heaviness from unforgiveness and the second one is stress worry you know you were not designed to have stress and worry the bible says worry about nothing so if you start to worry and you try to say well pastor you don't know what's going on in your life I'll go yeah but that fits in the category of nothing because worry has never made your life any better right Jesus says give it to me Give it to me, and as you begin to give that, right, rather than filling your things with, well, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if this deal is going to go through. I don't know what in the world's going to happen. How how are we going to make this payment? How are we going to? And you begin to put all that in, and now there's a heaviness, and that heaviness can keep you or hold you back from overcoming the obstacle that is in your way. Instead, what you have to do is you have to say, you know what? God is for me. It does not matter who's against me. God's going to bless me somehow this month. He's going to overcome. Jesus, I give it to you. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know that no weapon formed against me. I know that the principles of God is working in my life. Come on, somebody in this house. And I'm going to have a breakthrough. I'm not going to hold on this. I'm not going to lose any sleep. But instead, I'm going to get rid of that stuff. Number three, and you're going to have to let me unpackage this a little bit. Uh, Even my assistant, when she she read over what number three was, she she later told me, she's like, I don't know what you're going to talk about. Number three is prepackaged gift sets. Prepackaged gift sets. Oftentimes inside of us, we are carrying around some prepackaged thoughts and ideas that were given to us. And these oftentimes, if they're not God's thoughts... Can weigh us down and hinder us. You know, when you go to the mall and you're gonna buy some perfume, and they're like, if you buy an extra gallon, we'll give you a super cool gift set full of things you'll never use. There's creams and things that you'll just throw away one day, right? It's the gift set of stuff that is unusable. And what has happened in our lifetime is we've been given these gift sets and in the, in, inside of us we have wrong ideals and wrong thoughts and wrong beliefs that were given to us By our parents. Maybe they were given to us by teachers or by friendships that we have had. They could be given to us by uh, experiences that we have had or not had in our life. And dad left, and so now I think this way. And and my parents did this, and so we have these, these thoughts and ideas that are on the inside of us. And it has to do with what we think of people. What do I think? What things have been put inside of me about people in general? What has to do with people of different opinions. What does it have to do with people of different religion? What it has to do with different politics, you know, Democrats and Republicans. I have thoughts about, you know, what all Dems or all Republicans are like. And then we have thoughts about maybe men or women or different races. And we have these thoughts that have been given to us by social media. They've been given to us by the television, by the news, by Hollywood. They're all have an agenda on there and they're filling us up with limiting thoughts about people that are just not true. And when I carry those into relationships, what happens, I don't even realize it, but subconsciously it just comes out and it changes the experience because I don't have the right stuff in. I'm not able to produce the right experience on the outside of my life. And so uh, number four, write this down. You're a magnet. Now, one of mine um, from growing up that I had was that, um, you know we when we first got saved, we got into a lot of heavy religious church, a lot of rules church. And everything that was taught to me from age five all the way up till high school was that you're sinners. We're all sinners. We're all bad people. We do bad things all the time. It's sin, 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 and we have to drive the sin out. And so I grew up with some baggage or things in my bag that had to say that that, that people are bad. Everyone's bad. And so when I teach, then I have to teach because I have to suppress the evil and I have to somehow get the evil out of you because there's, there's a whole bunch of bad... All of us are bad sinning people and somehow we got to be able to solve this and live a day of trying to just live it right. But as I begin to get that out and begin to get into the Word and find out that we're not sinners, right? We have been saved. It's not me It's not... I'm not sin. I'm a new creation of Christ Jesus. There's sin that lives in me, but I don't do it. Paul even said that. He says, not me that sins, it's the sin in me that sins. And I don't have to suppress the evil, but I could elevate the good. I could preach in a manner that lifts up and builds up. And what had to happen within me is to go, wait, I have some wrong baggage that was put in there that... This church is full of a whole lot of great people. You're here today. That means you're trying. You're trying to be a better dad. You're trying to be a better husband. Trying to be a better wife. You're trying to be better at life. It's just a whole group of great people getting together, trying to be better at life. But you are a magnet. And what you believe is what you're going to draw your experiences to you. Now, it may not be true, but what you believe will make it truth to you. So, what I believe will give me an experience that will solidify my belief and keep me in that same cycle where I keep in that belief. And so I would draw all the worst people, right? And, and we we're all bad sinners, and we got to suppress the evil. And you see that it just kept us in a, in, in a circle. Or at least I would see the bad in people, because people are evil. If you look for bad, you'll find the bad. So you're a magnet. You're going to draw into your belief. So a great example is, let's say that uh, as a woman, you have, because dad took off when you were little, and this person, man, rejected you, and this man rejected you, you have a thoughts that prepackaged inside of you that men are jerks, and men always leave, and men are horrible, right? This is not true because most men are pretty good men. Can I get an amen, men? Like, most of us are pretty good. We're trying to do good, right? There's 1%, but 99% of us are at least trying, well, at least we're trying. We're not, I'm not saying we're good, but we're at least we're, we're, given, we're given what we can into this thing. And so you take this woman that has that belief and you put two men in front of her, both handsome, good looking, everything women are looking for in men, both five foot four, they're just perfect men. Everything, <laughs> woo, five five if you like them tall, amen? <laughs> and she... <laughs> now, one of the guys is going to love her for who she is, chase her to the ends of the earth, spoil her, treat her like a princess, it's going to be amazing. The other one is a jerk, and going to cheat and run around, never going to be around. Which man is she going to be attracted to? The one that lines up with her belief system. Not God's belief system, but her belief system. So this guy over here that's buying her flowers and chasing her, she's like, you know, he's just all up in my business. I don't know why he got to be smothering me and be around all the time. Why can't he just take a hint? But this guy over here, you're crying on the phone to your girlfriend. Why won't he just come over? Why he got to run around on me? How come God doesn't send me a man? And God's like, I sent you a man. You're just attracted to the wrong man. You're magnet. So as long as you have the wrong gift sets on the inside of you, you'll be drawn. So you grew up and everything you heard and everything you saw on television is how the boss is against you. It's you versus the boss. And the boss is always going to harp on you. And the boss is lazy, never do anything, give you everything, try and take everything from you, try to take advantage from you. So you come into the relationship with that attitude. And so with the boss, like it or not, you can't hide what's on the inside, just comes out. And you don't give your best. And you see when the boss isn't and trying to give you the job, and you're mad, and you're upset, and you're talking bad about the boss. And because of that cycle, now the boss, because you're not doing your best, has to harp on you, has to be, hey, you've got to get this done, got to do write-ups. And you're like, see, it's true. All bosses are that way. No, most bosses are just trying to do a great job. Most bosses are just trying to get things done and get people to do what they need to do. That's what most bosses are, but because... Because you have a wrong gift set, it doesn't allow you to climb up in the company that you are and have some of the benefits of raises and promotions that happen. Not because there's something wrong with the boss, because you have the wrong ideas on the inside of you. And so these pre-boxed up things that we have could be about all these different. Could be about authority, boss. Could be about teachers. Could be about wealthy people. Could be about Republicans. Could be about Democrats. We have all of these thoughts that we take into our life and write down number five. Number five is prejudge boxes limits our experience. When you have a prejudgment inside of you, it limits your experience with that. It limits how high up or what you can experience or what you can have in those different types of relationships because you come already with a whole bunch of garbage on the inside of you. Go with me to Ephesians 4.2. Ephesians 4.2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity, somebody say unity, unity, of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Our job is not to divide. Our job is to bring people together. And when I have the wrong box set and I prejudge people because of who they are or where their social status is or because they're man or woman or because of their race, when I, when I bring that judgment pre-into it, and thinking, oh, all Republicans, all Democrats are that way, then it brings division. But you and I are not called to divide. We're called to put people together. We're not called to scatter. We're called to gather. We are the United States of America. We're not the divided states of America. And as long as we allow the world to tell us what to do and what to think, then we come into every relationship with limits in our life. You meet somebody and because of you have a predisposed idea of who they are because of where their social status is or whatever it is. And what I want to tell you is we have, there's two of the most powerful gifts in the world that in our gift bags that we give to others. The first one is love and acceptance. Love and acceptance is one of the most powerful things that you can give somebody. That I love and accept you exactly the way you are. We may not have the same opinion. We may not see things the same way. But I'm going to love and accept you just the way that you are. When Jesus did this, it changed the whole town. See, the Samaritan woman who didn't think like Jesus thought. Didn't have the same lifestyle Jesus thought. But what did Jesus give her? Did he give her a rule? Did he give her condemnation? No, he gave her love. And acceptance and it changed an entire town. When it came to Zacchaeus, you're going to have dinner with a sinner, one of the worst sinners around? Oh yeah, because that's what Jesus does. Jesus gives love and acceptance. And after that meal of love and acceptance, now as Zacchaeus says, hey, I'm going to pay back four times of everything that I've ever stolen. Zacchaeus was not changed by a rule, Zacchaeus was changed by a gift of love and acceptance. Your neighbor, your dad, your mom, your wife are not going to be changed by another rule and some more shame and condemnation. Life changes when I give people love and acceptance. Can there be an amen anywhere in this house today? Love and acceptance. We unite. We don't divide. We gather, not scatter. What did Jesus do? Jesus was a gatherer, didn't he? They're like, hey, don't bring the kids to Jesus. He's like, bring me the kids. What are you doing? I want the kids with me. Hey, right now not the time for the sick. He's like, no. Bring the sick to me. Bring the broken to me. Bring the hurting to me. Bring those that have disease in them. Bring me the sinner. Bring me the woman that's caught in adultery. Bring me all the people, no matter who they are, what they're doing, where they're at, what their political beliefs are. I don't care. Bring them to me because I am a gatherer. I'm not a divider. But see, when you give shame and you give condemnation, and I'm going to put this little booger on the top of there. Where I, when you give judgment to people, it's just as powerful. Because it pushes people away. Right? As soon as I give this, it makes people scatter. It brings division. Right? It brings hurt. It brings pain. When you give this to somebody because of whatever thoughts that you have on the inside, it pushes people away. And you and I are gatherers. We are not dividers. Galatians 3.28 says this. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there any male or female, for you're all one in Christ. Somebody say one. We are one in Christ Jesus. Jesus, when we come together, there ain't no male, no female. There's no race. There's no political party. We all working together to get the world saved. It doesn't mean that we don't have a culture. Our culture is fine. We bring all. This is what I love about living Word Bible Church. We all come together with all of our different culture, making one another better. My strengths and your strengths and my weaknesses are offset by your strength, and we all come together to make a difference in the church. But as long as we're divided. We can't make a division. What what does the enemy want to do? He wants to divide. He wants to get you versus this person because they think nearly the same as you, just off a little bit. And I want you to be divided against this person because of their race. I want you to be divided because of this person because of their politics, because of their opinion. Once again, the enemy bringing division. God trying to put us all together. He said, hey, we just people trying to do the right thing, trying to be... We're all in this room is full. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a good person. They are good people. We're good people in this room. We may think totally different, have different opinions by a whole lot of stuff, but we all a whole bunch of good people in this place. And let me tell you who's doing the biggest job of bringing division. It's going to be television and the movies. They act like, hey, we're all for unity, but they're really not... They're for division. And I can show you, if you just thought to yourself, if you were casting a movie that was going to go out today, you could picture in your mind, as I say a different group, you, can, you could in your mind say, oh, this is who Hollywood put my prepackaged in. If I say some young gang bangers, bang, bangers, bangers <laughs> sorry, bangers. <laughs> some young gang bangers, right? You already have a picture in your mind of what that looks like. Because Hollywood said this is what the young game. If you, you're going to think the, the, the rich, entitled young teen, you already have a picture of what they say. If a, a pastor, right, if they're going to cast a pastor, you already know he's going to be weird, he's going to be religious. This is what we want the world to see, what pastor... Christians, how do they portray what a Christian is to the world, right? Where a whole lot of fruitiness, and they get the flakes on there, right? They don't have the normal people get on the news. They get the fruity... I don't even know where they find the fruity people half the time. Like, I don't believe anything like this guy whatsoever. He's a nut. Good, I'm glad you got it, right? And he represents all of us Christians because they have an agenda on their mind. What about a boss? This is what I boss is like right and they give us a picture in the television episodes this is right right? They, the, the police this is what the police are, are, are they're, they're bad and, and they're, they're stealing and they're, they're ripping people off and they're bad right and so they don't show us the 99% of the police who are out there serving and giving their life for you and I to be able to enjoy freedom they want to show us the one percenters where's the 99% the ones that every morning put on the vests willing to trade their life for our freedom. And see, when I have the wrong image, then it changes how I respond to a police officer, how I respond to authority, how I respond to people out there. When I have the wrong ideas in there, what we have to do is get rid of the prepackaged and put the right package on the inside of us. How People know the news is all about bringing division. For the love of all that's good and holy. My gosh, it is horrible. We were up in the fishing this week and uh, we didn't have any channels, so we threw on the news and I'm ten minutes in and I'm like, I'm done. I'm mad at everybody in the world I am I'm mad at how hot the world is and how cold the world is I'm mad at everything like it's just so bad by the time they get done and what they want to do is they want to if you're watching CNN they want you to know that all the Republicans are the worst people in the world trying to destroy the world if you're watching Fox they're like all the Democrats are the worst people in the world trying to destroy the world and here's the reality it's just a bunch of great people that want to make great things happen that have a little bit of difference of opinion and if they can all work together, we can make a difference and change this world. But as long as we buy into the news. They just have a different opinion. They're not a bad person. They just have different opinions on different things. But the enemy wants to divide and God wants to bring us together. Number six, write this down. 99% of the people want to do good. Romans fifteen seven says this, Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Did Christ say, in order for me to accept you, you have to have this political party. In order for me to accept you, you have to have this opinion. In order to No, Christ accepted you just the way you are. And our job is to get rid of those prepackaged notions. And to go into relationships and into life. Loving and accepting people exactly the way they are. And stop having these stereotypes and these ideals that were fed to us by a very crazy Hollywood and a very crazy news media and begin to operate in love and accept yeah, you don't you don't agree with me, okay? That's no big deal. I'm all right with that. I do love and accept you the way that you are. And now I bring a different experience where I go and I wanna close with this last one because it's it's um, uh, it's something big on me. Uh um, because I think it's one of the big anchors that limits Christians today. I think it's been limiting people for a long time. It puts a ceiling on our life. And what Hollywood and news and people in general want to do is we have a prepackaged notion of what successful people are like. And so because of that, when people begin to be, have some sort of success or they begin to do things at a higher level in life, then oftentimes we begin to put them down because of we have these wrong notions inside of us. Oh, look at him. He's just a kiss-up. Right? With the boss all the time. The one person that's trying to make the boss successful and working hard is the one that we all put down. Oh, look at him going home to his wife, not coming out with the rest of us. Oh, look at him. Right? Yeah, he's being a great husband, going to his wife, and he's being made fun of. Oh, look at the little goody-two-shoes. Oh, she's waiting for marriage. Right? Oh, look at her. Right? And so they put that. Oh, look at the kid getting straight A's. Doesn't want to cut class. And everyone that is trying to rise life to a higher level, we live in a society that wants to put them down. That wants to keep them down so that we can all live in a world of just average. We're all, right? We're not pushing anybody. We're just in a, in a state of complacency in life. I was uh, playing some games with the kids and we lost pretty bad. And uh, there was one kid on the other team that just, just wrecked us. It was just amazing. And one of my kids goes, oh, he's such a tryhard. I said, what do you mean to try hard? He goes, oh, he's just trying hard. He's just got to win. I'm like, well, I was playing. Were you not trying hard? Is that why we lose it? Because I know I was trying hard. How come you're not trying hard? shouldn't we all be trying hard i don't even understand the whole phrase of try hard now we want to put down kids that are giving their best and people guess what anderson's we are tryhards. we give our best at whatever's in front of us i'm a try hard pastor i'm a try hard dad i'm a try hard husband i give my best in every area of my life and we as a church we're a try hard church we don't just give complacency and just give average and mediocrity in every circumstance. We're the ones that rise to the top in this life because we have something different on the inside of us. I, uh, when we were out uh, on vacation, me and Peyton wanted to keep working out. So we, uh, we found a gym. The only gym that was around us was Planet Fitness. Now, here's a little something about me. I don't work out for fun. I don't work out because it's super exciting. I don't work out to sit around and talk to people. I don't work out just to eat up part of my day. I work out with one purpose. I want to have some guns and I want to get stronger. That's the purpose of the workout. And guess what? Because I want that, I've got to get some weights. They're heavier than I can handle on the fourth rep. And I've got to grunt a little bit on that last one to get that thing up. And then when I'm putting it down, I got T-Rex arms. I can't reach the floor. I got to drop them. I, I it's heavy weights. My hands don't reach down to the floor. And you know, what to be honest with you, I like to wear a tank top when I work out because daddy likes to see the guns. I like to see the progress. I like to see what's happening. I'm like, "Woo! Poppy look good today." I like it. So I will, we're into Planet Fitness, and the first sign we come across, show that picture of the sign. If you can. It's cool, Planet Fitness, welcome to the judgment-free zone. I was like, oh, that's cool. Judgment-free, there's no judgment here, that's awesome. So I, I said, we signed up, and the lady says, okay, and um, we don't do lunkers here. You don't do lunkers. She said, no, we have a lunker alarm. So she, this is the picture of the lunker alarm that I took and the lunker alarm, right? So this is the person who grunts when they work out, wears a sweatshirt, drops their weight. So you, so you say you're judgment free, but you only want to judge against people that have what I want to have. They've got the guns and the arms, and they got the strength. So you judge only, you just want to keep everybody mediocre, but anybody that rises to the top is who we want to judge and say you can't belong to this particular gym. And I have news for you, I may not be a lunker, but I'm a pre-lunker, I'm on my way. And I want to be around some people. I love to go to mountainside fitness, there's lunkers all over the place. They got their tank tops on, and you know what? It doesn't make me feel bad about myself, it inspires me. I want to see what they're doing so I can have what they have. I want to follow in their footsteps, and us as a church need to be a lunker church. I am not scared by people that are doing great in this life, I want to surround myself with them. I want to be around people that have more than I have, that are doing more than I'm doing. I want to get around some pastors that are changing more lives and writing more books and being a better influence than I am. I want to get around some dads that are a better dad that I am. Some husbands that are a better husband. I want us to be a church that we aspire to get around the lunkers of life that get us and build us up and show us what we can have in this lifetime. Come on, Living Word Bible Church. We got any lunkers in the house today? Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't try to keep me average. Don't keep me mediocre. Don't get uncomfortable being around greatness. I get inspired. If we're all just sitting around working around the flabby, we all just gonna stay flabby. I don't think anybody broke a sweat in that gym. Even when I was in the gym, I didn't even want to work out that hard. I'm like, you know what? Let's just call it quits, go get a big Mac. I'm done. I'm Let's be lunkers. Let's aspire for greatness. Let's give our best in whatever. Let's be a church of tryhards. Try hard at everything that we do. Come on, somebody. I want to be a try-hard church. I praise harder than anybody out there. I praise God harder. I believe God harder. I've got big faith. I'm doing big dreams. i got big aspirations in this life. I will not live a life right here. I will live a lunker life that's way up here. When I die and go to heaven, they'll be talking about me for generations to come. That is the church that we have. Your children's children's children will still be talking about you. Come on, somebody in this house. Somebody shout out like you mean in this house. Thank you so much for joining us today. What a good time. Oh, it was amazing. What a great message. We're going to continue this conversation on our daily Bible study, and we would love for you to join us for that. Go to YouTube, type in daily Bible study, and you're going to find us. We come up first. We're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. We're going to do a morning scripture. We're going to pray over your day. We're going to talk more about this message. We want you to go there and subscribe to this. You're going to love it. You know that God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. It's not about the world's way where you accumulate the wealth, and it's all about me, but instead It's about you being blessed so that on any occasion as Corinthians talks about that I can be a blessing And that is what think like a billionaire become a billionaire is all about It is about the favor of God working in your life so that you don't have to chase money Remember the Bible says that God's blessings will run you down So how do you create an environment that attracts God's best into your life? God says I wish that my people would have Prosperity he delights in your prosperity and prosperity isn't just money it's every good thing. And so this book is all about getting all the good things that God has for your life. You can get this on Amazon and most bookstores all over the United States and in, also in Korea nice this book is in korea anyway we want to pray if you don't know jesus christ as your lord and savior i want to give you that opportunity say this prayer after us believe it you have it it's not about following a list of rules but the bible says whosoever believes if you're whosoever and you believe today you can get saved and your eternity changed say this prayer after me dear father i ask you right now come into my life be my lord and my savior i believe that jesus died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead. I believe that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, well, we'd just love to have you partner with us. You know, this life-changing word, it's changing the whole world. And you can join us on that mission of distributing this media all over the planet and making a difference. Go to wakeuptv.tv and uh, click the donate button. Join the team. Don't forget to find a great church if you don't have one. Get planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish. God wants you to flourish, and so we encourage you. I think one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family is to be in church once a week, just like Jesus was. Remember that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. See you next Sunday.